You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. You want to live your life not in the present and not from back here. You always want to look at the end of a thing. How do you want to wind up? What do you, how do you want to see the finish day? Uh, some of us, uh, uh, all of us are going to have a finish mark. What do you want to, how do you want it to look like? I, I want my finish that I still love the Bible. I still love hymns. I still love going to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. And all of that's under attack today. Sunday school is about out the window. In our good churches, we're just throwing away, and we have these connection group now things now. That means you just drink coffee together, you come late. You don't have to do the God thing. But it's an amazing thing that all these churches that are doing these new things are talking about, well, you independent fundamental Baptists, you guys are so shallow, you're not very deep. Well, then why did you cancel Sunday school? And why did you cancel Sunday night? And why are you doing away with soul when you just have outreach and whatever that means? I, and you know, you, you, and you say, you're, you're mad at me. And internet, I know, I, I get it. I got one today, I get them all the time, how, how bad we are. God bless you. I'm saying this, if you want rock and roll, go do it. You want to dance in the church, go do it. If you want to have drinking in the church, I know of a large church, over 7,000 people that have drinking. I'm, I'm not talking about alcohol, I'm talking about beer in church. And they advertise, bring your six-pack of beer. Okay, if you want that, do it. No skin off my nose. That's a, if you want to do that, do it. But allow us to do what we believe God wants us to do here, too. And by the way, God's going to, he'll give us a foundation. We'll look at it in the weeks to follow. We're going to have hymns, psalms, and hymns, and spiritual songs singing and making melody in our heart. So last week, I don't want to end up where we heard. We heard 15 musical songs uh, that are over here that are rock and roll Christian music. Rock and roll Christian. Next week, I believe, we'll get to how rock and roll came into this country and what it's known for and its foundation and its purpose of rock and roll. But tonight we want to come from where we were last week. So everything in life, you have a beginning your marriage, some of you just have been married weeks now or months now, just brand new, and we have so many getting married this, this spring and summer. Okay, you start off here. How do you want to end up? What, what do you want it to look like? I'm glad in our family we have a heritage uh, of my, our grandparents. My wife's grandfather was 104. His, mother, his wife was in her 90s. My parents in their 90s. My grandparents all died young. My my, my grandfather on my mother's side, this would have been the day of his death today, 1945. So he's been gone forever. He didn't see my mother get married. She got married in 48. But, but I have a heritage. So my two German grandfathers, one I never saw, one I saw only a couple of times, they were lay preachers, uh, German preachers. They worked on the farm, they worked in the factory, and they preached in a German church in Wisconsin on Sundays. I'm glad my, my father-in-law was a preacher. I'm, I'm glad our family are preachers. I have five uncles all with the Lord. They're all pastors. I've had cousins that have been missionaries to the 
foreign fields and in the Lord's work, and it's exciting. But, but I, I, I don't know what everybody in our family is going to do, but I want to end over here still loving God, serving God. Amen. Brother Joe is back, and he's finishing his, uh, his um, uh, senior year here in May. He'll graduate. He's got Brother Joe Arthur's church, and we're just talking about Brother Arthur's mother. She's a preacher's wife, and her husband went home to be with the Lord a few years back, and Brother Joe Arthur's by the bedside of his mother. She has been uh, just any day for the last three weeks, and she's going to step on shore and, and see the Savior. But you know what? I talked to her on the phone about two and a half weeks ago, and she said, Brother Trevor, you keep, and she was just so sharp and told me, keep on preaching and keep standing strong and keep, I like that. Here's a, a preacher's wife, a widow, and she still believes that you do things right. And tonight, the end of a thing, in everything, uh, at the end of this year, how do you want it to look? I don't want, it, I don't want any credit cards at the end of this year. And I hope if you're living on credit cards, this is your year, you gotta pay them off. If you use a credit card, you pay it off every month. You gotta have zero interest on credit cards. Zero. You don't spend money on interest on credit cards. You pay as you go. And, and so how do you wanna end this year? Uh, many of you are uh, in this church, we're passing a track a day, and people are passing out Bibles. Teenagers were out right after school, uh, a couple busloads, I imagine, out soul winning today, and I heard we had soul saved today with the teenagers. Uh, that's how I want our youth group to wind up when I'm dead and gone. I still want them loving God, going to Sunday school, going to church, loving the things of God. The end of a thing. And so last week we saw the, uh, in a building, I brought the blueprints here for this auditorium. You have to have a plan. You have to have a plan for your marriage. You must have a plan for your job, your career, your life, uh, what, what you want to do. How, how, do you want to read the Bible through from Genesis to Revelation? 12 minutes a day. This year, 12 minutes a day. It's all it takes. Uh, the end of a thing. And tonight I want to continue. Uh, this, church, uh, this church doesn't want rock and roll music. And you're going to hear more of that next week on this. But I want you to see with me the the progression to corruption. Look what it says in the book of Acts chapter 20 tonight. I'm going to have you turn a few places and then uh, give you some things to hear. Uh, Acts chapter 20. In Acts chapter 20, this was the first generation Christians. And this is the apostle Paul that writes to him. He said, verse number, uh, verse number 29, Acts 20, 29. Uh, Acts 20, 29. You have it there, it says, for I know this. Let's read that together. Verse 29, 30, and 31. Acts 20, 29, 30, and 31. Ready? Begin. For I know this. Also of your own selves. This is the first generation church. Corruption was coming in the first church. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is a first generation church. Paul had, uh, we've been on Sunday morning in the book of Colossians, and we saw that he never went to Colossae or Heropolis or Laodicea, but he wrote to those churches that, those, that were 120 miles away. He was staying three and a half years in Ephesus. While at Ephesus, he wrote to the church at Corinth. And here's what he said to the church at Corinth. Notice what he says in in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians 3, and I want you to read verses 1 through 4. He said, by the way, you're carnal. 
carnal is fleshly. This is a first-generation church already falling apart. Ready? Begin. And I, brethren, You're, you're fleshly. This church, a first generation church, no, not 15 generations, first generation, they're corrupting. It is easy to corrupt. It is easy personally. It is either e easy collectively as a church family. Uh, turn with me to the second to the last book in the Bible, the book of Jude. And as you turn there, uh, I mentioned earlier, we are in the book of of um, Colossians on Sunday morning. This Sunday will be our third message in that book. And the problem with Colossae, they, they endorsed what we saw was, is Gnosticism, and that is adding to their faith uh, Eastern religion, adding to them the gods, adding reasoning, enlightenment, and that's the big thing. Well, you, you Baptists, you're not very smart. That's always been the issue. Look back in any history, whether it's evangelicalism, new evangelicalism, uh, if it's modernism, if it's, if it's uh, liberalism, it's always that you, you, you Baptists, you independent, you people like you're not smart. It's always about education. Well, friend, I'd put the knowledge of this church that is a soul winning church against any church in America. And especially those that claim they be so smart, but they're liberals or they're modernists or they're, they're, they're the church at Colossae had a problem. They had four gods they were worshiping. And we know all the gods have been going over it. And the one that sort of tickles everybody is when I say the, the god of Nike, N-I-K-E, they would worship that goddess. They were goddess. And, and they worshiped these goddess. And they were merging them together. And Paul says, you're going to get beguiled. And he says, I want you to beware. He keeps using those words. And, and Colossae corrupted within the first generation church. It is easy to corrupt. Look at Jude. Beloved, verse 3. When I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. The, the, the preservation of the historic doctrines of the faith have not been deposited with a Bible college. They were deposited with the people of God. Brethren, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend, fight for the faith. You're going to have to fight for your marriage. You're going to have to fight for your children. I, I know, and I can tell you this, and we love, we have 14 grandkids, and they all read their Bibles. They, we love them. My, if you ask Mr. Treber, is she fighting for them? She is fighting for them. One of the big ways she fights for them is her prayer journal. And she's bringing their names before the throne of grace, age 21 down to age number of whatever it is, four or five. And, 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 and she is fighting for, in prayer. And we pray for them. 
And we're determined that we're going to do everything we can and encourage them and, and send notes to them. Ten of them are away from us here. They live out away from us. That, that's our job. We're going to fight for them. We love them. And we want them to be raised up as solid Christians. But look at verse number four. For there are certain men, here it is, a first generation church. There are certain men crept in unawares. It's amazing. I think you'd be shocked in a week's time, and I thought this thing, in a week's time, how many times I have to check something and put a, put a check on it. No, we're not going to do that. Because I'm not going to allow new winds to come in here. It's an amazing how people want to come in here and pass their business cards in the lobby. This is, this is not merchandising in here. We don't go to church so we can sell and buy and have businesses succeed. I don't care if you want to do business with one another, but not here. And you're not putting, people come in here and they drop their leaflets off. They, are, they, they want us to fight abortion. Well, we, we believe abortion is murder. But I don't want all these pamphlets around here. This church is an independent church. It's a governing body here. And this church is not going to be tainted by every ism out here. Amen. And every program out here. Be very careful. And you're going to have to fight for that. And preachers, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Get tired fighting. Always trying to hold the line. Music line. Sound line. Uh, um, dress line, holiness line, it, 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 Bible line, Bible philosophy. We've got people wanting to start this, start this, start this, do all these things. You have a church. Be involved with your church, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, soul winning, prayer. I mean, that'll give you enough to do. You don't need all these other things. I think that the internet is, we're on the internet this will be seen by 100 countries tonight. It's amazing. It's wonderful. But I think the internet predominantly is doing more damage than good. Because everybody has a voice now. There, there are not many teachers. Everybody has an opinion to give. Everybody has a philosophy to give. And it's very dangerous how then God's people, I watch it, people are getting sucked into every type of movement. Pastor, have you thought about this? Yes, we're not going to do it. So he says, verse number four, there are certain men crept in unawares who were before ordained unto this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, that is, anything goes, and denying the only God, the Lord God, and our, uh, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, last week we began with Christian rock. I hope this is appropriate. I thought about it, prayed about it. That's like having Christian prostitution. Christian rock is neither Christian nor anything. And rock is a word we're going to find out next week. You don't even want to be around that word. Other than it's Jesus Christ who's the rock of my salvation. Tonight we go to the, uh, about the 19, mid-30s, but predominantly 1940s and 50s and even into the 60s. A movement began in our country that we never had before. 
basically from 1900 to about the 1930s and 40s and even into the 40s and 50s, we had the big orchestras and the big bands and the big symphonies. And I have in my library over here, I have every song book imaginable. Great hymns of the faith, the Methodist hymn book, the Presbyterian hymn, I got them all. And the great, great hymns of the faith. But remember, everything corrupts slowly. And then it snowballs out of, out of control. 1933 and 34 and 35, they coined a new word. You, you, you don't want to take my word for it. You can go to your Google and look it all up. It was called crooners. C-R-O-O-N-E-R-S, crooners. And I'll tell you what, I like, my flesh likes the crooners. I love it. Especially a lot of Italians and Italian music at restaurants. And my, my flesh likes it. But my spirit is, doesn't like it. And, and the crooners were men and, and, and people like uh, Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra and Perry Como and uh, Rudy Valley and Dean Martin and Andy Williams and Johnny Mathis and Nat King Cole and uh, Elvis Presley and Bobby Darren and Eddie Arnold and Eddie Fisher and they're great singers, great voices. A crooner is defined and here's how they define a crooner. We did not have music like this before. A crooner it's one who has what they call smooth singing. Secondly, they identify it as dreamy singing. By the way, I don't want smooth singing around here and dreamy singing. We'll, we'll, we'll demonstrate it. And then it's sliding singing. We're moving up. I'll give you in a moment here how it's supposed to hit. But, but you don't slide up on a note. We didn't have that in America. Uh, it's, 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 it's becoming very intimate with your listeners and yourself. It's bringing you into their personal zone. So here's, uh, here's um, we'll try this. Uh, learning to croon, you can go online and you can hear these. Here's a song, Learning to Croon. It's kind of goofy, but they're just telling you it's Bing Crosby singing. I like that. That's kind of cool. Learn, learn to croon. If you want to win your heart's desire, sweet melodies of lovers' It's very dreamy, it's very intimate. By the way, I like it. We'll stop it right there. But here's the problem when you begin to bring that into the church. That style, you begin to elevate the person instead of the person. Did you just hear what Mrs. Strofe was singing about Jesus? If you go to our index in our song book, 
the number one word that begins a song, there's more songs in our songbook with Jesus. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. More about Jesus than the other song. And Brother Luke turned over to me, birthday boy Luke said, he said, you know, much of it has been changed. We dropped the name Jesus and it's about he, he. A lot of, if, if sometimes if you don't know a Christian song is Christian, it could just be like a love song. He loves me, he loves me, he loves me, yes he does. He loves me, who, George? <laughs> Poor girl. Ah, oh, Bobby Darren. You're gonna love it. Here's a crooner. He's known as a crooner. Here's Bobby Darren singing for us. Ah, this is great. I'm going into the Italian food right here. Somewhere, somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me. My lover stands on golden sand and watches the ships. Now, folks, no. Hang on here. You're raising your hand and saying praise the Lord on that one. <laughs> what kind of people are you? My flesh likes that. I, I like that. It's pretty good. I'm going to play you a clip next week where you can see Tony Hudson preaching about this kind of music. It's just wild. It's funny. It's just about four or five minutes. How about, oh, you're going to say this guy's nuts. I love this song. We all love it. It's great. Can't go to a, you can't go to an Italian food without hearing this. Dean Martin, come sing for us, will you, Dean? This is it. You'll like it. When the world is love is Now, watch the sliding. And listen. Oh, this is great. When Somebody order a pizza right now. Keep going. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's some Chris Kissel. Watch out, brother. Bells will ring, tingling, tingling, tingling. Okay, let me let me go one. We don't play this on a race. At Christmas time, we, we play Christmas carols and songs and and uh, secular folks on all this stuff you know jingle the kids love jingle bells and uh, white Christmas and we and 99.9 percent of our listeners say thank you for having a station that we get off I, I mean you can only play silent night so many times we start on December 1st and we go through you know the after Christmas and uh, but we get you know these notes but I, I so we don't play this song this guy Became the, they called him the king of music. I was flying in from Korea, August 1977, and we landed in Hawaii, changed planes to come the rest of the way. People were crying, just boohooing, and they said the king died. And I had no idea what, what king, Jordan or what, what king, and it was Elvis Presley. And it was, a, if you ever read the death of Elvis Presley, it's very sad. Elvis grew up in Nashville. He grew up in the Memphis area. He grew up in Baptist churches. 
He's the one singing. He sang in churches everywhere. He, he, he knew Amazing Grace. He knew all those great songs. He, 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 made, he made Just a Closer Walk with Thee, and it's a good, good, good recording. It's not like crooners or anything. It's just Just a Closer Walk. He, the number one song he was known for was He Touched Me, and he made it so very famous. Elvis, uh, I know a preacher that spent quite a bit of time with him and really witnessed him, and he said Elvis gave him a very clear-cut testimony of his salvation. And then he said to the preacher, but I've traveled down a road that's destroying me. He died over the overdose, just a very sad thing. Threw it all away, money, rich, wealth, all of that. He sings a song at Christmas that this, it really demonstrates these crooners. I, I, it's, a, it's a favorite, but I didn't get to hear it this year. It's because I try to be a good Christian, you know. It's that we'll have a green Christmas. I'm just looking to see. Some of you are bouncing back and forth already. I, I'm gonna let you, I want you to hear it. I'm not trying to be wrong to you, but here's Elvis in another song, I Can't Help Falling in Love With You. It's, it's a romantic, just remember the definition of Sinatra, last one. Now, you know this one, and we all we enjoy it at Italian restaurants. Here, here it is. Frank Sinatra sings for us. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let's stop right there. What a crooner was known for, they would slide to every pitch. It brings you into a personal zone. It was smooth singing, much like whipped cream, you know, just very smooth singing. Very, and they, they'll tell you by definition, very intimate. It's drawing people into your presence. But that singing cannot bring glory to God. And when we do that, we, we, we do, when we begin to slur, I want you to write this down somewhere, music, and I don't know about a lot about life. That is my degree in college, music. All the theory classes I've had them, and you're still smarter than I am, but I've studied all this. I do know this, that music hits the note directly. It hits the note directly. You don't slide. Musically, you're taught in any, any conservatory, any place, you're taught to hit the note. Do not slide to that. Secondly, it's not breathy. And especially, I, I don't understand where these men that are singing this Christian contemporary rock music, 
I, I, just, I just sampled it again in my car on the way home tonight. There's four stations, and I, I tried this one. And everyone had a man singing, and it was, Sissy, uh, I can only think of some Christian songs. He, it was, wasn't this, walks with me. And he talks with me. Men don't talk like that. I am so sick and tired of male masculinity being attacked. Every news station, it's all, and I don't watch, I haven't seen the news since the election, 2020. Every news station would be all for, he he believes in femininity? Yes, because I believe the Bible. Ladies need to be feminine. Men need to be masculine. I love our kids in our school. I love them to death. I said, a few of you boys get a little curly top up there. You're little, like little perms. I want you to get those cut. Wow, what a mean guy. No, I love those boys. I said to the girls today, now girls, when you ask a man, you know, you're starting to like this guy, say, let me see your nails. And if he does this, <laughs> don't date him. Men do this. Yeah, look at all that dirt under there. No, no, but uh, men, men don't, I, I, this is, we're living a crazy day. Men don't stand like this. You say, well, I'm going to pull my kid out of school. Well, this is what we teach. We, we teach y'all to be a man. Um, men, men don't walk with one foot in front of another. Swaying. No, no, no. That may be little to you. That's big to me. Music that begins to, to mirror Hollywood is dangerous because this is not that bad, these songs. But it leads to the next step. We said the beginning of a thing, the end of the thing. You don't get to the end of the thing away from God, away from the things of God without gradually taking a step at a time. When something rots or deteriorates, it doesn't rot just instantly. The whole thing is rotten. But just slowly and slowly and slowly. And all of a sudden, you'll find that it rots other things around it. Crooners were, were, were known for, they'll tell you, sensual music. Very fleshly music. Now, here's my problem. My flesh likes things that are fleshly. And so does your flesh. Romans 6. So as Christians, we have to put up a personal guard. Not because the church says these rules. No, you ought to have higher convictions for your life than the church does. Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am, that's how I feel. The songwriter said, prone to wander, Lord, I feel. That's how I feel about me. It's, it's easy to do wrong. It's easy to blow the horn. Gave you that illustration Sunday, and it's been one of the greatest illustrations that a lot of you people like, like it, you know, just love it. Uh, but I felt so ashamed of myself. First time in my life I ever did that, just laid on that horn. What a, what a foolish thing. You know, how... How did I jump off into the flesh so fast that this guy was blowing his horn at me 
And the next slide, I came up blowing my horn at him. And I thought, like, you know, these were two-year-olds. He's an old guy, probably in his 60s. I'm a young guy in my 30s. But, but it is so easy. In, in 1933, when Bing Crosby introduced this, and Frank Sinatra introduced this, 1935, 36, but it really caught hold in the 40s. The crooners really took, there's only a few ladies that were crooners. Very few. But it was almost all men. Largely Italian men. And they were good. And it was very exciting music. But here's what happened. We moved, that stayed with us through the early 60s and mid 60s. But the word rock and roll was coined in the 1950s, and we'll get there next week. In the 50s, music began to change. In the late 50s, particularly, and the early 60s, and the 70s. And I can recall the night the Beatles came to America on a Sunday night, went on the Ed Sullivan Show. We were in church. And they introduced Really, if you listen to the Beatles songs of 1962 or 63, I can't remember what year they came, but if you listen to the song, they had harmony, and you could understand the words, but it eventually went further and further and further, and to the point they'd say, we are more popular than Jesus Christ. Each one of them believed in sodomy, each one of them believed in anarchy, each one of them hated America, each one, and out of their own words, But now that style of music that they started playing over here, not what they had in 62, that style is in our churches. And if we're not careful, oh, I'm so out of time, I'm not even getting where I'm going. If we're not careful, now everything goes. In the church, we have soft rock, we have hard rock, we have jazz rock, we have southern rock, and Uh, We have contemporary rock. But that brings attention to ourselves. And where music ought to be is all to glorify our Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Martinez, could you, we just talked about it today, so you've not practiced it. Brother Galvan, could you come to the piano? and, And I wanted to demonstrate here, there are so many good songs that we sing, but you can, you can ruin a song in a heartbeat. I remember when microphones were coming into our churches and people would caress the microphone. Think of a lady in our home church back at Berean and she started showing up and she had these short little skirts on and and she was probably 45 or 50, but she was trying to act like she was little. And, and she was, well, my father-in-law had to deal with that real fast. You have that song, Brother Martinez, maybe, I know you haven't practiced it, but just, just try it. We can turn anything in church, a good song, into crooner music where it's intimate, where it's dreamy, where it's soft. Would you be willing to do that yes, for sir. a song? You got one? Try it, will you please? <laughs> <laughs> In my moments of fear, 
By the way, this is not far off. This is the way it's sung. And people are, yes. And it's a good song. And see, he's playing. I'll teach. We'll talk about it. How he's got the nightclub sound there. That you just keep going, keep going. The days I spent so See, he's not playing any dominant note. Preaching Music is always a dominant note. But it's just, it's like in a bar room. There's a Thank you, Brother Martinez. Say. Thank you very much. Guys, <laughs> got problems. See, see, just so we're on this, that's why you pianists need to give a clear introduction. I, I, I've been some places in good churches, but they play all this dreamy introduction. Give me a, a dreamy introduction. I don't, I, you should be able to catch the dominant note, but don't give me a dominant note. Just give me, make up one or something, if you will. Who? But you see, that's confusion. Because we don't know where he's going. It, it's, like, it's like a guy is sitting at the piano with his drink on the piano. <laughs> it's like you're in a bar room. There ought to be a clear introduction that you know the dominant note that's going to be sung. I want to sing, and I'm not a singer, so you give me a good introduction. I'm going to sing a solo of How Great Thou Art. Will you do that? I'm not going to sing, but you'll go. See if we get a, see if we got a dominant note in there. I know the tune. Oh, Lord, my God, when I, but he, he helped me. Folks, you're going to have to guard your music, and I hope by the time we ever get through this study, and I'm no hurry, I hope we'll understand why we sing hymns and psalms and spiritual songs and singing and making melody, which is the word harmony. And I'm going to try to do my best together with these men work on showing us what harmony is. Harmony brings the beauty to a song. You know the story because I've said it so many times. I was in sixth grade. My cousin, Steve, who's a pastor, not far from here, he was in third grade. And Steve and I were going to play the trumpets, and I, I was sixth grade. We were, the pastor's wife said, could you boys play day by day? Well, that's easy in the finger, fingering. It's really, I know the melody line still, probably, you, although it's been so long, and, and I know the harmony part. Steve said to me, he might be watching right now, Steve said, I'll play the, the lead, Jack. See, the way it used to be, uh, we had orchestra in sixth grade. And several of our elementary schools got together, and there was about 12 or 14 trumpets. And you all start the third part, and then you challenge the guy that was ahead of you, better than you, and if you beat him, you moved up. And you kept moving up, then you got to the second part. And the goal, Danny, you know what I'm talking about, you get to the first part. And I can remember, though I was never a good trumpeter, I had already moved up. I was in the first chair of the trumpets. 
Steve was a third grader. And we went and practiced, and he said, no, no, Jack, I'll play the lead. You play that other part. And I said, Steve, I'm not playing that other part. I'm better than you. I'm going to play the lead. You, you play that other part. And we quit practicing. I went home, I said, Dad, Steve wants me to play that other part. I'm better than him. And by the way, he became much better than me short time after. But I, I'm better than Steve. And he said, Jack, play the other part. The other part is the harmony part. The second part is the harmony. That's what brings beauty to the piece. Could you just with one finger play day by day, please? And with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here. Could you put a third up and we have a one and a three, two-part harmony? Now, that sounded pretty good. There's bringing harmony to that part. By the way, ladies, you know what brings harmony to the home? Not a man. Not a man. You know who brings the harmony to the home? The wife and the mother. And our homes can be peaceful, wonderful places. I, I talk so much about Mrs. Tree, but we, we've, we've had such a good home. But she brings harmony. I came home from chapel this morning, pick her up, we're bringing her to work, and she's there reading her Bible, and she had his new CD going, those great hymns, just meditative music. She goes, I love that CD. Our home has always had harmony. It's had beautiful lights and candles and decoration for the seasons of the year. The meals have always been beautiful. It wasn't a piece of white chicken with a white potato, with a white roll. It always had color. She believed that there ought to be peas or beans or corn with that color. Our home always had harmony. Men are basically, I'll give you the word that men basically are, dumb. El stupido. I would have never known that's how you serve a plate. She brings the harmony. Well, I don't like that part. I want to have the lead part. You sound like Jack. My dad taught me, Jack, the harmony is what brings beauty to a piece. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.